Welcome to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green, where you'll discover actionable strategies to help your student to reach their academic goals, to excel at standardized testing, and to plan for the college admissions process painlessly. And now, here's your host, Dr. Stephen Green. All right, everybody. Steve Green here, I got my guest. Peggy Plorar, she's going to be on with us in a sec. Welcome to Education Live Thursday. You know what I realized? I had to go back and actually verify this. This is the th uh, 13th Education Live Thursday since we started being very, very regular with it. 13, lucky 13, Peggy. How about that? That's my favorite number. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good omen then. So, uh, just a couple things before we get into uh, I think it's going to be a very important discussion um, and uh, let me just, I always forget to say this. So if you are watching this, listening to this on some sort of live stream and you want to make comments, and I know Ronald Shapiro knows how to do it. Hello, Ron. Welcome back. Um, it, you need to click on a link that basically says I'm here and it's, uh, it's within StreamYard and it says I get it. I think it's StreamYard slash Facebook or something. I probably really should know the link. Anyway, let me tell you what's going on in the make the grade world really, really quickly. Number one. Very busy time of year for tutoring. Uh, busy. School is still in its virtual, hybrid, semi-hybrid sort of funk, but there's still plenty of work to be done. We got a lot of students working very hard. I appreciate the effort they're making. Well done, everybody. This is midterm month, so let's really buckle down, focus, finish this quarter, this semester strongly. If you need help with anything, math, science, all that jazz, you know where to get the help. Reach out. I'm here for you. Number two, we are coming into the spring, or what's usually known as the spring test prep season, even though some of them technically are in the winter. ACTs, SATs back on track. Mostly have not heard anything yet about anything being postponed or canceled or any of that nasty stuff. So if you're a junior or a senior, if you haven't taken it enough, uh, you got to really buckle down, get focused, get a plan. And again, I can help you with all of this. Um, take advantage of the uh, Make the Grade on-demand problem-solving service. I don't talk about it that much on here, but I came up with this new deal. You get a problem you want answered, take a picture of it, send it to me, and I'll answer it for you. How about that, huh? Pretty cool. Kind of like homework help on steroids. And finally, I have decided by popular demand, a lot of popular demand because this is what happens in my life, to offer a class on how to teach online. So if there's anybody out there that wants to be a tutor, okay, and believe me, it, it is the world's best job. The world's best job, incredible, career. Uh, I'm gonna offer some workshops on how to do it. But it's also for people that wanna to learn to instruct virtually. Doesn't have to be tutoring, just don't think beyond the academic box here, okay? So if you know anybody wants to do it or you wanna do it, put a note in the comments, email me, send me a carrier pigeon, cannon string, whatever we got going, yeah. And uh, Education Thursday live every week. My guest this week. And I got to be honest, I forget how we actually met Peggy. Um, but but we'll get into that. You can remind me. I'm, I'm you know, my age, you know, memory sometimes. Uh, but really, really interesting person. I think you're really going to enjoy her perspective, her depth of knowledge. Tremendous. I am really happy to have here uh, Peggy Ployhar. I hope I'm saying it right. Um, she is a special ed homeschool founder, SPED, Homeschool Foundation, founder, CEO, 
a leader in special education, homeschooling, community, and a frequent writer and speaker on specialized education homeschooling issues. Keeping yourself busy? Yeah. In a past a life. <laughs> yes, exactly. Really true? You were a physicist? Yes. Like mm-hmm. a new physicist. Yes. Dang. Yeah. A regular Einstein we got on the show today. Uh, <laughs> she left a, a, a high paying gig in the medical device industry to teach her kids at home. And you got yeah. to applaud that because that's the most important thing, right? Obviously, money is mm. important, but family first. Yeah. And um, that really got her excited about homeschooling. So in uh, 2017, she founded this organization. And that has been your life's work ever since, right? Yeah, it's been for a decade and a half. But yeah, a lot more in the last, <laughs> last three years. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, again, we're going to get into all this. Hold that thought. Um, but the best part about this, I think, is she's also, like like yours truly, the host of a, a popular podcast and a live broadcast. So we are kind of like kindred spirits here, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I got to ask you the transition, and, and this was this is off script. I we're yeah, three no, minutes in the show. I'm already <laughs> going off script. Uh, the transition from a physicist, uh, you know, probably a heavy duty, very technical job. Mm-hmm. We're working with some you know real brainiac kind of people, I would think, to go to stand at home, uh-huh. working with your own children who at the time were how old? Um, the well, my oldest was in kindergarten. And, and that's, say yeah. six or seven. so, and then I had uh, a three-year-old and I hadn't had my daughter yet at that point. So is yeah. it safe to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and I don't want to put words in mouth. This was a pretty big life transition. Yeah, it was difficult. You know, I expected my kids that they'd listen to me like everybody in the boardroom would. <laughs> Didn't happen. <laughs> Newsflash. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, seven-year-olds give you way more headaches than a bunch of 50-year-olds. Incredible, huh? Um, so, okay, let, let's do this. You've been doing this some amount of time. We never mm-hmm. talk about people's age. It's all about experience and wisdom. <laughs> But uh, so what really made you want to start? Was it, was it being motivated by working with your kids? Was it the connection? It, well, it was my oldest's diagnosis on the autism spectrum. The, kid, the school kept, he kept being, getting in the principal's office every day. And I said, well, this isn't working very well, is it? Hmm. Um, and fortunately, I had a very, very caring um, principal that sat me down and she said, I think you just really need to get him tested. Um, we had no idea what was going on with him. He was just, he's extremely brilliant, but just couldn't fit in socially. And, and so at that point he was, he was just so depressed. He had dealt with so much bullying, even in a private school where we thought he was, you know, at least a little bit more protected. And he was Um, still a kindergartner here. Yeah, mm -hmm, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He just kept saying, I just want to die. And Mm -hmm. At that point, you just this this has to be my choice, you know. There's there's no other. I my kid's important, you know. And the the funny thing is now he's turning 24 in a couple months, and he followed in my footsteps and got a degree in biomedical engineering. So um, going into the medical and in, device industry. Really. <laughs> so. Um, so it's sort of like you, as a family, you took like an 18 year pause. Yes, exactly. <laughs> up the uh the, whatever the legacy right mm-hmm. yeah and you have three children mm-hmm. i do and i'm going to guess because i have my own kids they're all different different personalities different skills exactly sets. so yes. how does that impact and you homeschooled each of them uh-huh yep i'm um, still homeschooling one what, what, like, unique needs 
or the, 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 the methodologies that you had used with three mm -hmm. separate kids and, and not spread tremendously, but you couldn't share no. a lot of curriculum between each kid. Exactly. So um, I did, being the physicist I am, I did an experiment when we started homeschooling. <laughs> I said, what, what's going to work well with my, yeah, exactly. What's going to work well with my kids? And at that point, there weren't a whole lot of teaching methodologies being used in the homeschool environment. It was just mm -hmm. basically textbooks, unit study, or literature-based. Um, now there's people talking about unschooling, which kind of is what I'm we morphed to and eventually, but um, but I tried each out on my kids and said, we're going to pick the same time period and we're going to try out the textbook version. We're going to try out the literature based version and we're going to try the unit study version. And we mm. were kind of studying around the 1800s with sailing and pirates and all those things. And textbooks did not work very well at all. That um, was quickly thrown out the window. And the literature, my kids didn't sit still very well either, much better than the textbooks. but. Um, when we got to the the unit study and i said okay here's 20 feet of rope we learned all the different knots we had to tie now you can tie me up since you're pirates as long as you use the right right, right knot and my kids were like yes <laughs> so we kind of stuck with it actually my oldest did unit studies all the way through high school and and then slid right into college from there actually he went to welding school first and then hmm. after he got his welding license went to college but um yeah, I, I got to think you had some days you might want to pull your hair out, but net, <laughs> yes. was it worth, I mean, was this, this had to be rewarding. You probably wouldn't have stuck with it so long. It, it was. I mean, it became a lifestyle for us, which um, a lot of families will tell you if they you do it long enough, your kids just get up and go, well, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we do school at home. And, you know, we, we did a lot of subjects together, but I did have diverse learners, like you were saying earlier. And so I did a, had to do a lot of one-on-one -on -one work with each of them to, to make sure that I was meeting their unique needs. Okay. Um, and so that took a little bit of planning. And, um, but, you know, they got used to that, too, as part of the schedule. So talk to the parents out there right now. 2021, yeah. there's a lot more people with home-based learning, which isn't necessarily right. the same as homeschooling, right? Because they mm -hmm. may be sitting at home at a kitchen table or their desk in their bedroom, staring right. at a screen, being instructed <laughs> by school uh, teachers. Yeah. Um, but but for the people who may be more interested in the actual, um, talk about some of the logistics. You know, you need to plan, right? You can't just wake up and win this. It, it might work one day, but it's not going to work over a a year. So uh, what right. used to happen? What are the structural logistics that you can say, hey, parents, if you want to get into this deep, mm -hmm. deeply, here's what you're going to need. Talk, yeah. to, talk from experience here, Peggy. Well, I, I worked for two different state organizations before I formed my nonprofit. And a lot of what um, I counseled parents about was, of course, the law. And homeschooling laws are different in every state. And so whatever state you live in, if you're gonna choose parent-directed home education, which is, is kind of different than the school-directed home education, because mm -hmm. public schools will do schooling in your home, but when you choose to cut that tie and direct it yourself, there are laws in each state that are different. So a lot of people will go online and say, well, what do I have to do to homeschool? And they're talking to somebody in California and they live in you know, Minnesota, um, it's not the same. So, um, so you have to make sure that, that you know what your laws are and that you're following those. Some, some require reporting, some don't, some require testing, some don't. It's, it's just completely up to the state 
to set those laws. So, um, so that's important. And some of them even have required subjects. So there goes into what do I teach? <laughs> and um, are we fulfilling that on a yearly basis? And then do do we have to build in um, some sort of measurement device or um, a portfolio that gets turned in for a child? So, um, so you're going to base somewhat of your homeschooling on that. But what I always tell parents too is you have the freedom to do things that the, the public school and private schools don't because you have that one-on-one -on -one ability to work with each child and so like for my oldest i knew he loved to build so we did mechanical engineering when he was in fifth grade um, that was just something he loved and um, my middle child is just creative whenever we did a unit study he would make all the costumes so that we could um, act out whatever we were doing and um, my, my daughter's an artist, and so a lot of times when she had a writing assignment, I had her draw the picture to go next to what she was writing <laughs> because it, you're building on those, those things that they're good at, and, and it doesn't right. surprise me that each of them chose paths that were very similar to the things that I encouraged because I, I saw them coming out over and over again, and you get to know your children well <laughs> when you're with them that long. <laughs> now, in your particular case... Um, I, I guess it would be your husband, right? Was he involved in this as well, or were you the um, primary support uh, facilitator for me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he he works long hours and sometimes even in the evenings. So I, teaching was primarily mine, um, but he did allow me some weekends to get away to do some planning for <laughs> the year. Uh, tell me about tell me about your uh, your foundation or your nonprofit. It, it's Sped Homeschool. Is that the name of it? Spread. Yeah, it stands for Specialized Education Homeschool. Right, homeschool. So, right, okay. um, and so we help parents just to. There's no one curriculum that works well for a child with any diagnosis, any special needs, any struggle, and it's hard to tell a parent that. And so what I found when I was doing a lot of consulting for the different state organizations, I was answering the same questions over and over again. And, and we wanted to make sure that we had static pages on our website that answered all of those questions. So like you can go and to getting started, you can find your state law links. You can, you can do all those things. Um, I even have a whole webinar on how to get started homeschooling. And even if you don't have a child that struggles, it's very applicable. Um, and then we have a whole page on homeschooling high school. And, and so, but we also partner with a lot of organizations that offer services and curriculum and other things that are very adaptable for kids who have learning differences. And so, so you, we're, you're yeah. clearly at least in part a resource. Yes, yes. We, we kind of vet organizations and then we, we create partnerships with them and put them on our website. And so mm -hmm. it's our goal to train parents and also to get parents the resources that they're looking for right. so they're I, not spending so much time on the internet. I, I know the great tutor, makethegrade.net. Are they on your page? I don't think so yet. Uh, I we'll think to, you're we'll going to have to. Get our, well, we'll get our people on that. And <laughs> yes. Um, let, me, let me put this on the screen. If you are out there in uh, listener land and you want to comment or ask Peggy a question, just uh, you got to go to this link to kind of get approved, so to speak. Thank you, Ron. Uh, no comments yet, but that's okay. Um, mm -hmm. 
Um, so let's 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 go to sort of just the parent-child level. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what what would what's your do you have like a fondest memory or? I mean, you must have a whole storehouse of them, but oh, I do. Something <laughs> that really stands out that you are just saying, "I am so thankful that I made this decision." Or maybe on the flip side, it's like, mm. oh, "I really wish I was still in the lab with the, uh, you know, with the uh, whatever the cyclotron." <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, is there a highlight that really, you know, or or a couple, you know, that you want to just share as kind of yeah. motivation? I'm looking yeah. at these as sort of a motivational idea. Sure. I'll start out with one that that happened kind of when my kids were younger and it I think it really reinforced for me how powerful home education could be. Um, the unit study that I was using we were we were covering Russia and so we did a whole I think maybe multiple years where we just focused on a culture and you know we made the food, we did the arts and crafts, we you know the whole nesting dolls, everything. <laughs> um, but also, we talked about politics. We talked about government systems. We talked about history. And um, there were two really um, impactful um, experiences that my kids had as part of those studies. Um, one was a lunch. I sat down and I had all the smorgasbord for my kids. And I said, you put on your plates whatever you want. And, um, and so they loaded their plates up with treats that normally didn't come into our house. And then they sat down at the table and I said, I am Mother Russia, give me your plates. <laughs> and I redistributed the wealth. And oh. they didn't think that was so fun anymore. <laughs> they actually cried. Really? And you ask my kids what communism is and they will, I mean, they understand it much better now than just that, that experience at the table. But it was, it was an emotional experience for them as to how this impacts people. Um, and another experience was, you know, we didn't just read history. Um, my kids sometimes acted it out. Like I said, my middle child loved making costumes. And so um, we were studying World War One and World War Two, And one of the things that happened, because the, the Russian government was so poor, um, they could not buy guns for World War II. They actually told their soldiers to go into the fields where the battles had happened in World War I and pull them off of the dead bodies hmm. so they could refurbish they the guns. They were still there? Yeah, they were, because they it was so it was a cold and tundra area. Yeah, the guns were, there. yeah. So, um, so my kids reenacted that, and as I they were doing it, I remember my middle son looking up and he goes, this is really gross. <laughs> you know, but had they we read it in a textbook, I don't think it would have had the impact. Or, no, it's you much, know, obviously attention. much more visceral. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, I mean, so we did story, a lot of school like that. The story with the food is, fat, is, is great. It's a great story. No borscht for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Well, okay, let, let me ask you a question. Actually, by the way, Education Live Thursday. Peggy Plylor, Plyhar, I have trouble lawyer, with that name. Lawyer, like lawyer. Lawyer, lawyer, lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Peggy, Peggy is here. Uh, long history of homeschooling, special education. Big wig in your foundation. Great resource. I'll get it all right in a minute. But um, it, it, I think what we're starting to see is sort of a, a, a kind of a – there was a polarization for a long time. And that may not be the best choice of words. Conventional school – homeschool. They really didn't cross 
very yeah. much. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And year. I think what's, <laughs> what I'm finding now is you're starting to get um, a, a lot more of a cross pollinization. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even idea wise, you know, ideas that are classically homeschooling are starting to be used a little bit in the mainstream, and mainstream things mm-hmm. are coming to homeschooling, especially the curriculum, at least in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Is, is mirroring the schools. You know, you're not going to get the redistribution of lunch mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in, in an online curriculum. But how do you feel about that? Is that a good trend? Is that something you, you, you yeah. like it traditional? Where, where do you stand on it? I think it is good because people are seeing that education has other options. You know, mm-hmm. we've always thought it is black mm-hmm. and white as these home, crazy homeschoolers over here. Right. And, you know, and then these these people that send their kids to school um, and so but it really there there's been such a melding and a meshing and and even a crossover as we see that more kids have more free time, they are doing unschooling, whether we, you know, planet or not they're they're learning on their own more than they were when they were in the schools because they have this extra time mm-hmm. um, and so they are learning at home they're they're basically unschooling when they're not on their computer <laughs> you know what's interesting is fairly or unfairly one of the big knocks on homeschooling always was that the children potentially could lack the socialization mm. that they would get in school right in public yeah. school or private school that was Fair, right or wrong, fair, unfair. That was always one of the things that people would say. You know, you homeschool mm-hmm. kid, yeah, you know, they get to go to the museum to learn about dinosaurs, and my kids learn a book, but my kid's much better, can be, is more well adjusted mm-hmm. socially. Um, is that something anybody worries about anymore? Not really. Or do you have um, any, in because, your like, experience as a yeah. resource? Um, we haven't gotten that question in the last year, especially. Um, but, but we find that our kids are much better to address an adult and a child younger than, than who they are and interact with much different, um, different age levels. Um, and my kids were the same way, you know, when we went to the county fair, my kids would be talking to the vendors and they would be helping out with the younger kids because we had three foster kids for a while. And, Mm. you know, um, they just got used to that. I don't just have to associate with people who are the same age as me. And, um, and that just became the norm. Like we had two other families that we shared schooling with, um, once a week and we mixed all the kids together. That's because we only had two to three kids each. (laughs) Right, so, right. so you, it, you had a pod before the pods were cool. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I got a question from the audience. Mm-hmm. Here. Let's see if you see if you have, how you want to address this. How well prepared were your students? I presume Ron is referring to your children mm-hmm. for college versus students who came from elite private schools, prep schools, public schools. Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you? How do you feel about this? Um, you know, it's funny. My oldest didn't want to go to college. He told me that he was very adamant about that. We did unit studies, but um, and he didn't actually learn to read till he was 12. The funny thing was that we tested in Minnesota, and so the next year he took the test at age 13. He actually was reading at a college level within a one-year span. <laughs> oh. um, he okay. actually graduated cum laude um, from uh, University of Houston in biomedical engineering. He hmm. he had a really hard time dealing with some of the students who were typically schooled because he felt that they just weren't in it. They they weren't investing. He had a when he had assigned to projects, he ended up usually doing all the project himself because nobody just really 
felt like it was that important. Um, my kids take learning personally because it has been a, a personal thing in our family. It's something we've shared. It's not just something we do. And I think that makes a huge difference in how a lot of homeschool students approach college. And I know I've heard the same thing from um, college professors, too, that uh, most of them are rather shocked um, that um, homeschoolers were homeschooled. They're like, what school did you come from <laughs> that you are so different? Um, but that's why they are different is because they they learn to research. Um, like my daughter at 16, she's been, she does the majority of her school on her own already. Mm -hmm. um, she's just very self-motivated. Is so, there, um, yeah. do you think, I mean, obviously this is very hypothetical, but do you feel if the children had, or even one of them had gone to mainstream school, and, and I don't mm -hmm. think you or I are knocking school. Oh, no. Uh, as an no. institution at any level. But do you think that they would have, um, I don't know how to say this, ended up differently? Is that, is that or, or just would have maybe had different priorities in life? I, obviously, you put a lot of this into it yourself. Right. So there was a family yeah. culture of education mm -hmm. as a priority. You gave the kids enough, um, uh, uh, enough freedom to mm -hmm. explore, but yet you were still kind of cracking the whip, at least to, to some degree, in terms right. of uh, structure. Mm -hmm. um, do, do you ever look back and, and think maybe you would have done it differently? I'm, I'm fascinated by you know, yeah, this, the, you know, the longevity that you put into this, too. My, my middle one, I struggled a lot because he, he basically took over his education about 15. He said he wasn't going to do what I wanted to do, and I said, well, we have to follow the laws. Um, so how are you going to get these subjects in from the state of Texas where we live? Um, mm -hmm. There are specific subjects he has to take. And so he gave me a plan. He said, this is what I'm going to learn um, and how I'm going to learn it. And this is how you can grade me. <laughs> and I went, okay. And it worked. Um, and so that's what we did. I, looking back, I think the thing I would have, we would have lost the most is the closeness of our family. Um, just because we would have been so busy. And that, you know, homeschoolers can get busy too. And I have to state that is I know a lot of homeschool families that run their children into the ground with activities just as much as if their child was going to a public school. We mm -hmm. chose not to do that. We actually went and lived on a farm for five years in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and um, just learned a lot of different things, how to take care of cows and chickens and milk cows and <laughs> crazy stuff. Um, but, but the relationship I have with my kids now that my boys are in their 20s and they want to be home, they want to sit and visit with us, they both are still um, living here and working, um, and we like that. <laughs> mm. they, haven't, they haven't decided that they want to break out and do anything different, so yeah. In your opinion, I know this may not be the easiest question to answer, but mm -hmm. um, do you feel that your children appreciate all the effort that you put in? I'm, I mean, I have I to think, think or do I they think now it? at this point, my kids all do. My daughter does way before my boys did, um, just because <laughs> she's a girl. <laughs> yeah, and we have a close relationship already. But, um, but I, 
I think so. I, you know, cause, um, I, I, my daughter has told me many times about just the struggles that her friends have had. Um, and my daughter's also on the autism spectrum. Um, all of my kids are slightly, you know, on the autism spectrum, I guess I would say I've never had the younger two diagnosed. Mm. Um, but they have friends that struggle with, um, with sensory issues and being in loud places and, um, and just, needing some of those breaks and they see that they can take those when they're at home where they're the the friends that they have that are in public schools have a really hard time coping with those things. One of the things I hear, I, I, I work with a lot of families, um, especially ones with kids in private schools. We're around mm. where I am, private schools are very costly, yeah. like a college tuition kind of cost. Mm. And to afford that, often you got two pretty high-powered parents. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're make, bringing home nice paychecks, but at the cost of you know, working very long hours or being traveling, right. or mm-hmm. and often they, they don't have. Uh, I don't. I don't say they choose not to, but just the reality is they don't have particularly close relationship with their kids. Mm-hmm. And um, not they don't get along. It's just that they, they don't. They just the sheer amount of time they have to spend together. Right. You, you have to spend time to develop. And they don't, I'll get the parents, they don't appreciate what I'm doing. I'm paying for mm-hmm. the school. And it's, oh, yeah. the car, and mm-hmm. They don't care. I should, and they, when I grew up, I was walking both ways uphill to school. You know, cliche <laughs> well, I grew up in that environment, you know, that, right. um, and, and I haven't gotten to really know my parents until, until like probably in my mid forties. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. One more question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say, is, is there an age that is the best place to start a homeschooling? Like if you have a kid who's in traditional school mm. for a certain amount of time, is there a, do you pull them out, then homeschool? Do you homeschool, then put them into school? Is, is it better to start young and that's just the way that they know it? it do you have an opinion about this, Peggy? You know, I, I think for every child is going to be different. Um, I'd say probably not starting their first year of high school. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Right. I think any any other age, it, it's it's good. As the closer you get to high school, is the closer you get to creating a transcript. The mm-hmm. the closer you get to to having to um, work on different hours. Some states require report cards, but not many. Um, but when you have a transcript, you're recording grades too. So there's a lot of other logistics that come into play when you homeschool high school. So um, diving in at that age is really difficult, not impossible, but difficult. Um, at the younger ages, you can just play. And the more you get to know your child and what they like, what feeds them, what you know motivates them, to want to learn and you can use learning as a motivator i'm sure you know that Stephen. is that mm-hmm. <laughs> kids some kids just <laughs> yeah. they they are so interested in a subject that they consider that play mm-hmm. um and so to be able to do that and to have that time then it it snowballs as you homeschool longer because that's kind of what happened with my daughter so there's now. Like an added yeah. effect exactly i know mm-hmm. she just she just finished college algebra the, today <laughs> wow. we and, and she's um, in the equivalent of 10th or 11th grade well she has enough credits to graduate already i'm just not graduating her <laughs> and she's 16 you said she's 16. she started so she homeschooling typically when she was a, a young junior or older senior or, uh, sorry yes. older sophomore yeah so yeah. she's basically a year and a half two years ahead 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, she. Um, yeah, she she's taking a fashion design class downtown at one of the the fashion schools, and mm. um, and then she just designed a pair of shoes that's going to be mass marketed across the oh. world. It's actually in a company in Switzerland. Um, picked her design. So, so, so um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let me let me let me one last little sort of station break here. Education Live Thursday. I I am fascinated by this discussion. Your experience is just incredible. It it seems to me that it was a very positive experience for you. And I hope the message that's coming across to listeners here is, is if you do this right and you have the right resources and you have the right tools and the right relationship with your children, this can this can be like a joyous thing. Right. Maybe that's too strong a word, but but it doesn't have to be a labor, right? It doesn't have to be a chore, like, oh I gotta teach my kid today. That's right. not what we want. We want this mm-hmm. to be a mutually uh, sort of of beneficial sort of experience well, obviously the kids need to learn but the parents yeah. get you obviously mm-hmm. got a lot of um uh, of fulfillment out of this as well to the oh, point where yeah. now you have your whole uh nonprofit to help other people in the same circumstance mm-hmm. we were every thursday education live my guest next week if you remember way back way back fans <laughs> to the back to school virtual workshop festival september 10th one of my guests was katie k may who runs uh, centers in the city here, Philadelphia here, uh, to help teens. She's going to be on next week. Finally, Ken Myers, Apex Leadership Academy. We've got some good people coming up. If you or somebody you know, or maybe Peggy wants to come back and wants to be a guest in Education Live, we have a very rigorous, believe me, very, very rigorous screening process. (laughs) Uh, But it starts with sending me an email or a message or commenting, and and I'll, I'll have my people get in touch with you. Uh, just, you know, sort of free, free flow here. Any message you want to give people? I mean, I, I presume you're an advocate of homeschooling. Um, yeah. <laughs> somebody who's on the fence. Should we do it? Should we not do it? Mm-hmm. Should I, should I make the decision for my child? Should I, how much input should I get from my child? Obviously that's age dependent, but mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what do you think? Yeah. You know, it's, the, the one thing I, I hear from a lot of parents is, well, I'm just not like you. And I have to remind them, I wasn't like me when I started either. <laughs> you know, I have changed a lot. Um, I, I was dealing with depression as much as my son was, and it was we were not in a good place. But um, sometimes we need to, to break the cycles that are happening in our lives. And by, by making a choice to step out of kind of the chaos and um, take some time. And also you don't decide to homeschool for 18 years the first year you start. You right. decide to do it for one year. And then, it becomes and, and then will you reevaluate and you see if it's it's good for the next year. And um, and so it's not this, this lifelong commitment <laughs> that you're making. What would you say to the parents who are sit, watching their kids sitting in front of a computer for five and a half hours a day whatever seven hours a day mm. you know basically i'm not saying they're not learning but they're not getting the instruction right. they would in, in a school environment that's i think a fair comment and it's mm-hmm. not supposed to be a disrespect so to the teacher hard. but and they're thinking yeah. gee maybe i would have been better off um you know if i had um homeschooled or maybe i'd be better off if we took him out of school this year it is what's your opinion about that you know, you can teach one-on-one a child in 10 to 15 minutes, the same thing they do on the computer for an hour. 
probably, yeah. I mean, I could do the same it's, thing in the tutoring world. Yeah. Right, because one-on-one -on -one is intense teaching. And, um, and then your children can play. And they can learn things that they want to learn, you know, and explore. And, and so if you consider the time you're trading, um, that it, um, you, it, it has to be a family decision though. You know, it's, if, if this is working better because you're working from home, um, then, then make that work. But, um, but if you're feeling like this just really isn't working and, but I just don't know if I have the time again, five to 10 minutes to maybe 15 if they're, they're older, but it's, it's amazing how much you can teach. Um, cause in the classroom they're, they're sharing, you know, information, they're repeating it. Kids are interrupting, you know, all these other things are happening. Right. 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 Hmm. Yeah. What's, uh, what's, uh, what do you got going on this year? Any exciting, uh, yeah, well, we just rebranded, we rebranded all of our, um, our pot, my podcast and broadcast. Um, yeah, it's plug, now plug called how, how would people learn about your podcast? Um, It'll be in the we, show notes too, but yeah, yeah. we're, it, it's called empowering homeschool conversations. Um, okay. you can basically find us any podcast, um, streaming channel that's out there. But, um, if you go to our website, it's sped homeschool, S P E D homeschool.com. Um, okay. you'll find links for all of that and upcoming episodes. So this month we've been focusing on teaching methodologies. Um, so the first week I interviewed Dr. Peter Gray from free to learn that book um and then last week we or this week we talked about charlotte mason method and we're going to talk about a different couple different teaching methodologies that um, homeschoolers use and then next month we're going to dive into ieps which a lot of people don't know that homeschoolers can write so we're going to go through some how do you write an iep how do you set goals how do you work with your your child's therapist to work on goals together um and so so we do a different theme every month some people don't really know that. I was on your podcast. Yes, you were. I don't yeah, know what episode last... it was, but you know, it was just... in November. Yes, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, 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 I really—that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you here. I really enjoyed that conversation. Mm. Um, anything else? Anything? You got an event coming up, or anything you want to plug? Or... Oh, I'm I'm speaking a lot of places. We'll see if it happens. I mean, I'm I think yeah. I was on like three virtual conferences alone this week. So yeah, join the club. I know. <laughs> I know. And it's only two Thursday. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but that that can't. That's not permanent. I mean, I, I think I we all not. think at yes. some point we might I actually know. be in a room with thirty people. Which right. part of Texas well, are you in? Are you? In I'm in. I'm in Houston, Texas. Houston. Okay. Yep, the South End. But yeah, I'm booked to speak in uh, Las Vegas in April. Um, a couple places in Texas in May, and then Iowa and Arizona this summer. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, this is great. You're going to have to keep me, uh, keep me in the loop <laughs> on these, and I will share it with my folks. Yeah. Peggy, I really want to thank you for you taking the time out of your Thanks schedule and, and uh, sharing you know, some really practical information, some personal information. It, it's great. Um, Steve Green from Make the Great Education Live Thursday. We're here every week. Uh, again, next week, Katie K. May. And uh, she, she's a wealth of information, very different topic. But if you have a teenager, you have a teenager, I know you do, Peggy. Mm -hmm. um, this is a good for you. She works with teens exclusively, helping them with coping mechanisms, self, um, mm -hmm. what, 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 what's the, what they think about themselves, self-awareness. 
um, body image, that sort of thing. Um, really talented. Um, just opened another center. She's expanding. So I'm looking forward to having her back. Um, let me ask you one last question because I ask everybody this nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, and this is kind of a serious question. I probably should ask this before. There have clearly been changes in our society and our education system in mm. the last six, eight, ten months, right? Yeah. I think not all of them are bad. Mm. I'm not talking. I'm, ta- I'm strictly limited to school education. I'm not talking about anything else in society. Um, what do you think is going to stick? What do you think is going to go back? Do you think there's anything that you're doing differently now because of COVID that you think everybody will continue to do? Um, mm. Or do you think is there anything that once we get normalized or everybody gets vaccinated, just going to go back to the same old, same old? Do you have any? Give me a viewpoint on that. You know, I I hope that families will spend more time together. Um, you know, we almost felt like that it was like a forced concentration <laughs> camp in your home. <laughs> um, no, it still is, right? But, but yeah. yeah. Um, and so, but to you know, to not think of it that way, and and to instead appreciate those times we have. I know I struggled with cancer last year. It reset mm. my whole thinking. Um, as I looked at my time with my family is very precious because I didn't know if I was going to make it through. And, um, you know, just a lot of people with a lot of health conditions this year, um, just resetting our, what's important. And can we keep those priorities the same as we have when we were forced to? Well, sorry to hear about your health. Are you, you okay now? Yeah, I'm in remission. I, mm-hmm. I actually treated it completely natural other than some surgeries, but... Yeah, huh. <laughs> it's well, not very be fun being in a hospital when you have to get COVID tests every time you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I had, I've had three because I've been around people that mm. thought they were exposed and the whole tracing thing. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah, no it's, fun. It feels weird. Yeah. Um, all right, <laughs> I, you know, this is, I could probably go on another couple hours, but we we are up against it. I want again. I want to thank you. I really appreciate uh, you coming oh, on. Thanks and for having me. Sharing with wonderful. what you did. If anybody has questions, please reach out. You know, anybody who's thinking about homeschooling is homeschooling, mm. wants to homeschool, used to homeschool, tried to homeschool, exactly. can't even spell homeschool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got the, the really the, you're the resource, you're probably the best resource mm. in the country we got on here tonight. So uh, we are going to wrap it up here. Steve Green, Education Live Thursday. Thank you again. Peggy Ployar, I got it right, I think, that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, appreciate it. We'll be in touch. Hope to have you back on Sounds here good. again. Yeah. And uh, let's get the music going. And we are going. Oh, before we even do that, how about a big hand for Peggy? <laughs> That's the studio audience. We got the legal limit of uh, 12 people in the studio here. Uh-huh. And here's the theme music. And we are wrapping up. Thanks again. See everybody Bye. next week. And I look for her podcast, look for my podcast, and reach out if you need some help. You've been listening to Make the Grade with the success doctor, Stephen Green. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. For more resources and support, please visit makethegrade.net.